<laughs> Look at her. She's so guilty. I have no memory. What is that? Gandalf says, I have no memory, have no memory of this place. <laughs> oh, I thought... <laughs> That's Kimmy thinking about our friendship. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of We Explain Movies. I'm Kimmy. I'm Kayleen. And I'm Courtney. And this is the podcast where three best friends submerge you in a cesspool of spoilers as we explain, rate slash review, and decide whether or not to see the latest and greatest or most beloved classics of film. Since this is a cesspool of spoilers, we will be posting any spoilers for this episode, which this is our wrap-up episode, so we're not going to be talking about one thing specifically. We'll be talking about a whole bunch of movies, so check out our Instagram and Twitter for those timestamps at We Explained Movies. Yes, this is the round two wrap-up, so in order for you to... We each have explained and gone through a cycle of who sees what and explains what, and then we try to see what the other person has explained to us. So this time around, um, we hope you caught our episode on Swiss Army Man, Mm -hmm. which Kayleen has now seen. So we've all seen that one. Mm -hmm. Yes. uh, Shazam, which I now have seen. So we've all seen that. Great. And then I explained, along with my sister, Drop Dead Gorgeous, which... We did watch that. Both of us. Yeah, we all three watched it together. So now all all three of us have seen all the ones we're talking about. Mm -hmm. So now it's something of a post-mortem where we are going back to talk about those. So check out those episodes. Is that all that was in the round? No, we also also did Insomnia, but... You and I still haven't seen that. And Game Night. And you still haven't seen Game Night. And, and La Llorona. Oh, and La Llorona. And we have not seen, nor will we be seeing La Llorona. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. It's really okay. <laughs> yeah. So we like to start these wrap-up episodes with some listener questions. So we're actually going to go ahead and start with a question from Instagram from The Naked Eye, which is, name an animated feature that made you cry. Mm-hmm. I'll let one of you start this bad boy. I can start it just because there's plenty. Yeah, uh, there's plenty. Yes, I would say the one that most consistently and um, from an early age, though, because this was the first movie I ever saw in theaters. I was a baby, but it was The Lion King. Aww. I have no memory of it, but yeah. that is a pretty cool thing to say. Like, that's the movie my parents took me to, um, and that's I love The Lion King so, so much. Um, I love the father-son relationship, and obviously Mufasa's death is tragic. But also, the beautiful build-up of the score of Simba, like, reclaiming his throne in the rain, Mm. and he's climbing up Pride Mm. Rock, Mm. and then he roars on top of it. That gets me just as much as, Dad, we gotta go home! Sorry to quote it directly, I know that's super sad. (laughs) We gotta go home! That one's one's really, really sad. Um... Gosh, just that movie um, really gets you like hard and fast right mm-hmm. away. Mm-hmm. Another one that's more subtle and what I appreciate about it is Inside Out. Yeah. Because I saw that at a time in my life when I very much needed to. Yeah. I was not a baby. Um, yeah. But still cry every time um, just from the first music notes of it. The song is called Bundle of Joy and I love that song so much. I, I play it a lot and listen to it on airplanes. <laughs> it's a beautiful song but it, it does make me cry just in, in the welling up of tears and such. Last one I'll say is uh, Lion King's my answer. Inside Out's my answer. This last one's an honorable mention because I think it's the last one that I cried in when I saw an animated movie in the theaters and not many people have seen it. It's Kubo and the Two Strings. Oh, I haven't. I cried a lot when I saw that. Oh, it's, really? It's really stunning animation. It's Leica film, which is the stop motion animation. Mm-hmm. Um, really, really interesting and unique style. And 
way more to it than I thought it was going to be. And again, it's, it's very much a, like a, a parent and child relationship that Aww. was really devastating. And the uniqueness of it really got to me as, as well as the animation style being so beautiful was cool. Mm-hmm. So yeah, those are mine. Well, I'll go next because writing off of that, my answer is inside out. Oh, like, nice. Yeah, I lived with somebody who his favorite thing to do was find <laughs> movies that he knew were going to make me cry. He was like, okay, Kimmy, let's watch this. I don't know, like, see how it goes. Like, on purpose. And he picked Inside Out, and I guess he fell asleep because it was pretty late at night. So glad that he did because I was for sure ugly crying. Like, yeah. just, like, really heaving. Like, it was gross. That, that was a deep Pixar movie. It really yeah. was. The, the bing bong stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and then the, at the end, you know, when you realize that you can't have, you know. Joy without sadness. Yeah. yeah. Because you can only know joy if you've already known sadness. And it's like a comparison thing. And, and just, getting over things. And like getting you over things. feel things first. And knowing that you need to feel sadness at times. Otherwise, you won't. You can't brush over it. Like, Joy yeah. learning that you can't gloss over it at all times by turning on the happy mm-hmm. button. It's just going to build up and it's going to get way worse. Yeah. And then your personality is going to fall apart. Yeah. <laughs> and sometimes it feels good to be sad. Even mm-hmm. though it doesn't... Even though that emotion gets neglected in the movie, it's still... She serves a purpose and she's powerful. She hugely does. It's an 11-year-old being moved away across yeah. the country from everyone that she knows and loves. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so that the anger coming out, and that is great. The fear, obviously. Yeah. But yeah. that little girl needed to be sad at that yeah. time. Yes. And I think that's a great message for kids. Yeah. I think I was... Gonna, it's a great message for anybody. I, like, was going through a lot of, like life changes at that mm-hmm. time. I think we were graduating college and I was like, feelings, like I'll just stuff them up. It's fine. And it was yeah, like, yeah. here's a movie about your feelings. Yeah. yeah. This, this movie's about yeah. feelings that have feelings. And I'm like, oh, feelings that have feelings. Seriously, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, well, you know, it really got me in the feels, if yeah. you know what I mean. I, I will go off that saying that in my older age, I cry in a lot of animated films. I mean, I just am a lot more sensitive to that now. I think just comprehending it on a different level right. than yeah. as a kid. So much stuff goes over your head as a kid, like emotional things like that. So I, I think Inside Out probably made me cry the most, but a lot of things make me cry. Like, I just get even, you know, stuff like Frozen. Like, that makes me tear up because she's thinks she's going to lose her sister, you know? Mm-hmm. Things like mm-hmm. that where, and I really feel it when the powerful moments come in climax of animated films. It's just, it's yeah. fun. Um, the one I'm going to say, but I feel bad because I used to know a lot more about this movie, but it's been a very long time since I've seen it. I just have very vivid memories of this being the first movie that ever made me cry. And it's Lilo and Stitch. Aww. I remember seeing that in theaters and I remember crying and then like talking to my mom about it after the movie. Like mm-hmm. we were, I think we were going to go to dinner and I was like, that was so sad when, because he gets taken away, right? Stitch gets taken away from her by the for only a second. Yeah, she he's him back. but you don't know that it's that he's coming back, right? Yeah, I mean, he never gets taken. He they they're walking him onto the ship, and he says, "Can Stitch say goodbye?" And then he turns around, and then Lilo's like, "You can't take him." Well, what happens? What's the sad part? The sad part is most likely Lilo's parents being killed and then Nani having to take care of her and then Lilo is going to be taken away. Lilo's Lilo gonna is going to be taken away. into the into the system and so she has to yeah. she has to leave her Lilo's sister. Lilo is going to be taken away. Yeah, and yeah. there's okay. a really terrible goodbye song that her sister sings to her and Stitch is 
Stitch has run away, mm-hmm. and this is when she has to let go of her as well. Because I, I remember the feelings being about the separation still between her and Stitch, mm-hmm. though. But it's because yeah, Stitch, being Stitch taken has run away. away. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, anyway, and then when they're reunited, I just remember being so emotional that mm-hmm. they're back together. Um, so then our next question's coming at us from Twitter, actually, from Alonzo Mega. And the question is, what is your favorite Edgar Wright film? <laughs> and we, we kind of already discussed this ahead of time because Kayleen's is definite, mine is definite, and Kimmy is a combination of both. Alright, so let's talk about Courtney's first then. Yeah, mine I've mentioned before and given as an honorable mention to um, talking about style. And I think theme. that was your actual pick for that one. Uh, yeah, I feel like I've given it as an honorable mention for something else. Oh, as, as far as leaning into style, hugely this one. As far as most creative film I've ever seen, hugely this one. Uh, that's Scott Pilgrim vs. The World, which I was lucky enough to rewatch pretty recently. Mm-hmm. Um, and boy, is it inventive. It really is comic booky, and that, that might not be as inventive if you're just going off of that style, but I hadn't seen that in a movie. I hadn't seen Michael Sarah in a role of this personality before. He's, you know, usually shy, dorky, and quiet. But in this one, he's a real booger. And yeah. he's, he's a dick. And that's just kind of fun to see him playing off of. Um, the music in it is wonderful. Brie Larson singing. Uh, I love that I song. Love that Black song. Sheep. It's an amazing song. Yeah. Uh, I think there's a lot of great early roles from a lot of people, like Kieran and Culkin. And... Mary Elizabeth Winstead after yeah. her, after her Scream Queen phase, Anna Kendrick, Aubrey Plaza, and it's just, it's hysterical. It's a stacked cast. Allison it's a stacked Hill. cast. Chris Allison. Evans. <laughs> yeah. It's a stacked cast with um, a really great sequencing of just going through each of the seven evil exes and each of them getting their own shining moment. Um... Ramona is, you know, the, the manic pixie dream girl that really they are trying to to get rid of that stereotype mm-hmm. and to, to push that aside of like, no, Scott, you don't get her just because she's quirky and she likes these right. things, um, which I love. It's a lot of work to get her. <laughs> yeah. So that one's my favorite because I, I, I think I might have mentioned it the last time I saw an awesome um, film video essay on how Edgar Wright uses transitions and how he uses establishing shots that are just so much more interesting to the point where now when I watch movies and it's like a panoramic shot of a skyline to establish where we are. I'm like, boo, be more creative. Because he does it with like, you know, somebody filling up a coffee cup really fast and that's establishing that you're in a coffee shop or um, the ding-dongs of like, you're just showing up at their door and action is already taking place as opposed to like, no, let's let's have a picture of the house. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Which is, you know, really what more television shows fall into, that pitfall Mm -hmm. of... We have to show the outside of this house before every scene inside the house. Right. We don't need that. Like, the audience has been around long enough to know where we are. Yeah. Um, and so I just think that that movie is... It's his style at its peak. It's a dynamite cast. It's phenomenal music. It's just so fun. Mm-hmm. Such good one-liners. Such ridiculousness all throughout. That is a hoot. What do you want to say about it, Kimmy? That's I like partially it. your fave. I yeah. like it. <laughs> yeah. What about it makes it your fave? I, well, all those things, of course. Like, and we talked about this the last time that you brought it up, Courtney, but that how heavily it lays into the, the uh, theme, mm-hmm. really. It, or style, I'm sorry. Style. Yeah. It's really, like, gamey. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really fun. 
I like the dialogue. I like the the blunt comedy. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, that part where his really young girlfriend comes over and they're like, I'm looking for Scott. And he jumps out the window and he's like, yeah. you just oh, left. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Actually, Are you sure? he just left. <laughs> yeah. And just like that, the camera work on that is like so quick. And it, yeah. that's the, the thing is that all the jokes are so quick and they're so snappy. Yeah. 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 Like him clicking order on an Amazon package and then sitting at the door immediately. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, what are you doing? Waiting for my package. Yeah. And yeah. then ding dong the package. It's so interesting. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. It just, it plays really interestingly with, time and reality mm-hmm. yeah, yeah yeah and just the way that like a, a farce or um just a meta comedy mm. like you know where ridiculous things happen that are so yeah. extreme like 30 rock does that where yeah, it's like yeah. that's not possible but yeah. i'll deal yeah. with it yeah. and okay. then they call it out though in this film you know uh, yeah, 30 rock does that too that's yeah. like the, the meta idea of it which yeah. is really fun we know we're in a movie yeah yeah so then um my pick is baby driver I love that movie. I can watch it over and over again. I mean, I've seen it. It didn't come out that long ago, and I think I've seen it probably seven times by now. That movie's so fun from start to finish. Every single scene is a blast, and there's that one also heavily leans into style. It's like one big, long music video, but it tells a story. Yeah. And I I really like the cast, minus one person. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's, you know, even from the beginning... It just starts off with him singing a song and like oh. tapping his little hands in the car and it goes right into the action and that whole scene is just so beautiful and epic and with the music and so creative how he has to maneuver his way away from the cops and then it goes right into establishing character where we get to see Baby walking around and singing and just being his quirky little self while the lyrics from the song that he's singing are appearing around the town. Which is really cool. I also saw a fun Easter egg recently where when he's, he's like walking down that street and posing next to like art installations that are on like the walls, Like you know? the saxophone. The saxophone and uh-huh. stuff. There's one where apparently he's standing next to the wall and there's a string of numbers on the wall. Those end up being, spoilers for Baby Driver, <laughs> those end up being his prison inmate numbers. Ooh, which is fun. That's cool. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. <laughs> oh, I love that. And then there's just, and this is shown in the trailer, but you know, there are so many moments where this movie just every single thing that they do is beat to the music. Where when he puts the coffee cups on the table, that's beats in the song. Mm-hmm. And when they're laying down the stacks of cash, it's beats in the song. And just the the. Was he slow? Is just my favorite. Oh, thing. the music that he makes for Was He Slow? Yeah, yeah. Like that scene in general is funny. Yeah. But then, uh, you know, when he puts it together at the end in his room, and just mm-hmm. how that comes back later. And I uh, another one I saw was that all of the when he's flipping through the channels. And oh yeah, they all on, get the lines. The, come they back all later. come back. Like yeah. the, uh, the first time I saw it, the Monsters Inc. one is so obvious. Right. And he's like, I watched that the other day too. And, yeah. But he says all of them, which yeah. is really cool. Like mm-hmm. the one from Fight Club. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Uh, How's it's that just, working out for you? <laughs> yeah. Everything in this movie means something, and and yeah. like comes around. It was all put there on purpose. It's so artistic, and beautiful to watch. I think if one certain person weren't in it, it would have gotten way more attention that year. Yeah, <laughs> and I just, like, I keep, I mean, I've said this to you guys, but, because you know that Billionaire Boys Club movie came out right after yeah. nobody gave a damn, obviously, but uh, 
I'm just so happy this movie snuck in before that shit hit the fan because this movie was so beautiful it really and was. it would have been a travesty if it got thrown in the billionaire boys club garbage. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, sucks he's in it, but still worth a watch. Oh, f- gosh, please watch yeah. it. Mm-hmm. It's so good. Oh, one thing just I mean there's tons of stuff like this, but one of the moments I really like is in the climax of the movie when John Hamm is trying to get his revenge on Baby. And right when Baby needs to run away, he presses the run button on the car to make the car start. John mm. Hamm presses run. That's so sick. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool. I also love the, the mall chase scene. Oh, <laughs> that song is the, yeah. um, what is it? Oh, it's Ho- uh, Hocus Pocus by Focus. Oh. That's cool. What do you have to say about it since that's your other fave? Yeah, I like the editing. Mm, which you mm -hmm. touched on yeah everything is accented by the music i think that's really intelligent yeah i i like the quips in this too how also i I guess you know because they're both edgar ryan movies they are gonna you know have similar styles yeah but i like how nothing is really sugar-coated and everything is what it is Mm -hmm. like john bernthal says if you don't see me again it's because i'm dead and then we never see him in the rest of the movie yeah I think that that's kind of like a funny joke. Yeah. Yeah, everything is is set on purpose. Mm -hmm. You know, nothing is really there for fluff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which I really appreciate. Yeah. And again, this is an obvious one with the soundtrack. Just Edgar Wright really knows how to pick a soundtrack. But I'm thinking Mm -hmm. of even songs that aren't so much about like him in the driver's seat and what he's doing there. But that song that his mom sings and then we get to hear that when he's like walking away from what he thinks is his last job of taking that car to the car crusher. And or or him and Deborah like tapping their feet in the laundromat. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Love that. Um, You know what else I just thought of is that. Daniel shared this video with me once that was talking about how this is a really good representation, like a more realistic representation than most movies of what it's like to be an introvert. Because I think most movies just paint an introvert as they stay in the corner, they don't talk to anyone, but it's (laughs) like, Baby is an introvert, but he wants to talk to Deborah. But if you notice him talking to... You know, the way he interacts with everyone else compared to the way he interacts with her is so different. And it doesn't mean he's not fun. It doesn't mean he's not interesting. Or, you know, it's just his personality is going to be different around those other people. And also the subtlety of him being hard of hearing. Yeah. And and that that is, he's very much hard of hearing. And the tinnitus that he's got and that effect of, that's Mm -hmm. constant irritation that he's experienced. And great deaf representation of appropriate use of sign language and an actual deaf actor, which is really cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's all I got to say about that. Cool. All right. So we're ready to move on then to um, what did you think of the movie that you watched this week that was explained to you? And we're going to go in order of our episode releases. So starting with Kayleen, who has now seen Swiss Army Man. So happy. So happy about that. She is too. Like she was stoked to talk to us about it. And it's been a few days now. (laughs) (laughs) I was like really trying to do this last week, but we just ran out of time. I was like, you guys. I took a lot of notes, so I apologize. I feel like I'm going to commandeer this podcast. I just loved this movie. I loved it so, so much. Uh, So let's just start from the beginning, because these are in order as I was watching it. Great. Um, They totally hint, and this is because, again, it's so interesting to watch a movie this way. And it's fun because, you know, you guys pick out quotes that you like or that you deem important. And so... There's a lot of quotes that I just remember from, you know, because 
I hear it from you guys in real time, and then I edit the podcast with Courtney, and then I usually will listen to an episode again, so I've heard it, like, three-ish times by now. Yeah. You know? And so it's just interesting to watch the movie and already no quotes from it as they're about to happen. Yeah. And then I'm sitting there watching it with Dakota, like, hee hee hee. <laughs> but so it was fun because I'm, I also was able to notice things that they hint at or things that meant something different than what you would think they mean on a first viewing. Yeah. So like when you see those flashbacks of him sitting on a bus, it's totally hinted at that he's on the same bus as Sarah, but obviously that's not what you're led to believe Mm because, you know, you think that Sarah is, um... Manny's girlfriend or something but it's just interesting knowing that and it's like he's totally he's on the bus with her right now like I'm seeing him on the (laughs) bus uh I also I wrote this down later like I didn't really realize it at the time but in the beginning of the movie when he's um talking to Manny and you think that he's talking about being stranded and how it sucks because he's saying like he wants this he wishes he could have a life and go to parties and talk to girls and this, this and that. And watching it, you think, yeah, that sucks that you're stranded and you can't do those things. But it's it's because he just couldn't do those things ever. Yeah. You know, he wishes he had that life, but yeah. he just couldn't. He wasn't able to do that. Not because he's stranded, but because that's what he's like. Mm-hmm. I love the jet ski scene, the opening scene. <laughs> of course. <laughs> and yeah. it did crack me up when I saw Daniel Radcliffe's face on yeah. Or his name come over his face like that. Wonderful. Oh, I just so Courtney and Kimmy love Paul Dano. Listeners, I you may already know that from stuff we've said about him in the past. We do. I don't have anything against him, but he's definitely not somebody that I gravitate toward. He's a queen. (laughs) He's a queen. (laughs) Get on board. I love him. And I just wrote this note because it just really stood out to me. When he finds those cheese balls, he's just being the cutest little thing I've ever seen. He gets so excited. I don't even remember what the reaction was, but I just remember thinking that that's the cutest thing I've ever seen him do ever. (laughs) I just thought that was really sweet because he's such a versatile actor. I've seen him in a lot of things Mm -hmm. just because he's in a lot of things. uh, He just sneaks up and stuff. I'm like, there will be blood. No. You should watch him in that. That's he plays, the milkshake one, right? He plays twins. Oh, really? And they're very different. Ooh, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, it's I really good. I didn't know that he was a twin in that. Have you seen it? No. He's twins. Wow. <laughs> that's fun. Yeah. What are they like? One is uh, a, an over-the-top evangelical preacher, and the other is not. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good movie, yeah? It is. It's long and it's it's long-winded of just like, gosh, Daniel Day-Lewis, I get it. But yeah. Paul Dano's great. <laughs> cool. And and yeah, there's there's some other good there's mm-hmm. some good stuff going on in there. Yeah. So this this movie, I just again, I just personally don't. I guess this movie just really made me on board with wow, this is a really good actor. You guys did not tell me he puts a cork in Manny's ass for most of the movie. Oh, totally Stop him from farting? Yeah, to stop him from farting. Oh, yes, I was sense. like, what? Because they show the cork, and then I was like, he just put that in his ass. And that yes. makes sense. I forgot. Yeah. That's a huge plot point. Like, it's not right. like you needed to tell me, it's just it was shocking, <laughs> because I didn't know about it. I started to, and this was another thing I wrote down later in the film, but I just have this really overwhelming wonder of, you know, if Manny was a real person. I'm so curious about what he was like in real life. I know. 
Not, oh, no. not that I need to know, you know, but it's just, it makes me as a viewer very curious because I love this zombie version of him. It I makes do too. Me, it makes me hope he was kind in I, real life. I still just kind of feel like, though, that he might have just been kind of like a, a godsend of, you were here just for Hank. Like, you are this body that was there for him. I think but that'd that be interesting. But that makes me sad, though, too. Like, I want him to have his own humanity. Really? Because then he, like, doesn't... His family never gets to mourn him because he sails off into the distance <laughs> in the end. Yeah. I would like to hear writer perspective on this. Like, yeah. so badly. Like... What they intended. Did... Hank kill Manny? No. Is Manny just like a washed up on shore body? Like you know, Manny like, was like owed money to the mob. <laughs> so like, he was taken out and like thrown into the, the no. ocean. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it just fills me with curiosity, that's all. I bet they have an answer. I just bet they do. They were so specific in all fronts that I don't doubt that they would have uh an idea of who he was. Yeah. That'd be a cool question to ask them. Yeah. Um, I also... Okay. It just became... At least to me it seemed like Hank has become one of those people who tells themselves the same lie so often that they believe it to be true. I think he does yeah. believe he's stranded. Yeah. Even yeah. though he put himself there. It just... Yeah. I. I was like, okay, I get what kind of guy you are. Well, I think it's great that at the beginning of the film, you have to take everything that he says, you know, at face value, right. and you believe him just like Manny does, yeah. and then, you know, the reversal happens, and you're like, wow, everything everything is a lie, you can't really trust who he is. We, uh, we get that fun thing of, is that even your name? Yeah. yeah. I did really like, though knowing everything about the story already so that I could kind of look into his humanity more. Whereas I think if I had watched it just one time, which I know you guys have seen it multiple times, yeah. but if I had just watched it one time without hearing anything, I think I would be judging him a lot more. Mm -hmm. But since I already knew everything, I was just looking more to what about him is human and upsetting, <laughs> really. <laughs> oh, I was cracking up just... Mostly because of the actors, but when um, Hank is playing with Manny's tongue to get him to talk, he's yeah. like legit wiggling his tongue around like, this is how you say words. I'm like, you are full on grabbing that man's tongue. I bet they're hands. best friends now. I yeah. hope so. I hope so. I mean, they, they've got to be after right? all that. Just two of you and And they both just seem so, so kind. Yeah. <laughs> their, their bromance chemistry was great. It really is. Yeah. yeah. Oh, when he, I knew he was going to say, okay, buddy, like as his first words, yeah. but I didn't know he was going to get punched, and that was so we funny. We said that. Huh? We told you that. Did you say that? Yeah. Oh, I don't remember that. I like that you forgot it. Yeah, it fun. was really fun. Yeah. <laughs> he straight punches him, and that was cracking me up. So I wasn't, I know that you guys left this kind of to me, because obviously it's hard to explain how they make things look so creative, and also I think mm. you just wanted me to experience it Definitely too. Definitely, that yeah. one. But I just really like that all that, you know, they do it so much and so for so many different reasons, but I like that the sequence starts with him asking, basically he's explaining trash, and the whole sequence starts with just different cuts of like, this is dirty, this is old, like all the cuts are why we throw these things away. And I just found that really interesting because he holds up a good 
ten different things probably, and they all have different reasons for being thrown away. Mm. I'm like, yeah, there's a lot of stuff in our life that we decide to get rid of, and for so many different reasons. I mean, goodness, I, I've thrown away so much in the past day where I was like, nope. Yeah. I mean, you guys saw the, the state of the back of my car. There was a whole bunch of books that were donated to the theater as props. Oh. And they're awful, awful books that I have to now deal with getting rid of. Oh. <laughs> and that's just a bummer is that like all that tree and all that paper mm-hmm. and all that author effort. Yeah, somebody wrote that. But it's, it's trash. It's a bunch of Amish romances. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. You know, every time I throw away a huge bag of trash, I always think about those people, those videos of people who are like sustainable living people. Yeah. And they're like, this jar, this mason jar is all yeah. the trash that I've, you know, disposed of in a year. That's a lot of work. Yeah. I've, I've definitely watched those videos and I was like, I'm going to get better. I'm going to try that for a month, but... <laughs> What am I supposed to do? That means I have to take a jar anywhere that I go and get something new. And that means that if someone is selling something in plastic, I'm not allowed to buy it. Yeah, and, like, I really support sustainability and, like, like, I don't buy clothes very often because I buy them and then I return them and I wear the same shirt for five years. Um, We're 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 all doing our best. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But we're human and we we have trash. We have trash. And that that is a bummer. I hate throwing away. I feel the most guilty about food, but it's like I'm only one person. Sometimes I can't eat enough Brussels sprouts in a week and they go bad. (laughs) And it's hard, you know, with (laughs) becoming an adult, I really get very weird of I know this is going to go bad in a day. But I was trying to make sure I ate all the other food that was going to go bad. And somehow I still have other food that's going to go bad. And, oh, no, I want to go out to dinner tonight. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's either that or I, th- you know, like you have to throw out that food if you're going to go out to dinner. And it's just like, I'm not going to tell my friends, no, I'm not going to dinner with you because I don't want to throw this food away. Yeah. Just the weird things like that you think about you got to just count those little wins. Like, yeah. I haven't bought a new book in a very long time because I buy used books. Mm. And I love thrifting. Yeah. But sometimes stuff is garbage. <laughs> or, yeah. It just, yeah, goes in the trash. Sometimes stuff is garbage. <laughs> I hate it. I feel terrible. Yeah. I'm sorry, Earth. Oh, and then right after that where they're talking about why all the, the trash gets thrown away, he is like playing with Manny's hand to show him different hand gestures, like the middle finger and the thumbs up and stuff Mm -hmm. and like peace sign. And then he's playing with his face. Like, here's how you feel when you're happy. And like puts his face into his, it's just, he's like human putty and it's so cool to get to watch. And I know you guys talked about uh, Everybody Poops and how he, like, makes that book. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But what I loved that I didn't think about is how, and they say this line of, poop is the body taking everything it doesn't want and throwing it away. It's garbage. Oh, that's cool. It's like poetry. (laughs) (laughs) Like, even our bodies don't want everything. They're like, this part is trash. I mean, that's a great, like, I guess... Uh, philosophy on life. Not everything is worth keeping. Yeah. yeah. It's just it's like, just, it's impossible. It's just, and it's funny from Manny's perspective to be like, like even your body thinks that things aren't worth keeping, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. Because he's not going to go through that process because he right. doesn't need to eat or yeah. release more than gas. Yeah. Yeah. And that line, I mean, you guys said it, but, and I was expecting it, but it's just so funny when he's like, you're kind of like trash. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny. Especially um, if he's thinking of everything literally. Yeah. 
And the songs were beautiful. I do want to listen to the songs soundtrack. Songs are so dope. Yeah, the popcorn song was my favorite song. Popcorn song. I also like the drowning song. I think that one's mm. gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah, the popcorn one just really got me in the feels because yeah. it was so buddy buddy and it's like showing their montage. Yeah. And I was like, oh, oh, that's so awesome. Oh, when <laughs> he says something's going wrong with my boobs because his heart <laughs> is beating. But then I was like, how the fuck is your heart beating? What is going on? Mm. He's, he's, I mean, he's well, definitely not completely dead. Yeah, I mean, just, how is he talking, Kayleen? No, I know, but it's <laughs> yeah. just like, I feel like I can get on board with a zombie because I'm used to, like, having movies with zombies and things, but the heartbeat, I'm like... I can get on that basically a human. It's like saying he's in love or he's feeling something more than what he's felt before. Yeah. And, and it's just the next logical step. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, like, I think we touched on this during the podcast a little bit, but every, you know, throughout the course of the movie, he gets more and more alive. The more stuff he learns about, his speech gets better over time. He ends up being able to walk. Yeah. Yeah. And all, you know, building and growing. And it's kind of all fueled by their friendship and by the honesty and the learning more and the more vulnerability Hank lends Mm -hmm. to him. It's like, he's like, oh, I... It's, it's kind of like falling in love of, like, you know, mm-hmm. discovering more about yourself. Yeah. Or that sort of a thing. Yeah. And then it, the rejection is what kills him in, the, mm-hmm. in that scene with Mary Elizabeth. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's also just kind of like, I imagine, very basically, but what it's like to raise a child. Because they literally know nothing. Mm-hmm. When you bring them into the world, they know nothing and they aren't developed. Obviously not to the extent of Manny. But they do have to go through a lot of body things still, and you have to be there when it happens to say, this is how you deal with that. Yeah. Yeah. My goodness. And I'm going to talk about that more, too, because I love all that stuff in this movie. So I wrote this down because, again, it's me seeing what you explained, but then getting even more context Mm -hmm. from watching it is when he says that when I masturbate, I'm going to think about your mom, and then it's like, (laughs) ah, ha, 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 ha. But then the next line is, then you won't be weird anymore. Yeah. And I was like, his motivation wasn't even, you know, like, oh, cool, I'm going to do that too. It was, if I think about your mom, then you won't be weird because you won't be the only one doing it. Yeah. It's I'm like, just That's so, so sweet. Pure. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing I wrote, I, I didn't realize these were going to tie in together so fast, but um, when his penis starts acting like compass... He says, I'm disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> and they have the whole conversation where he's like, no, no, it happens to everyone. I'm like, that, this is like the parenting thing. Like, when you have kids that are experiencing these type of things for the first time, you know, like, I mean, especially going through puberty for both genders, but it's like, you feel like you're disgusting and like you don't know what's happening. And it's like, mm-hmm. all these things that we try to hide, like farting and pooping and all these things, everybody has to do those things. It's mm-hmm. not gross. And I know society thinks these things are gross, but it's like, everybody does these things. Yeah. I think what's really interesting, too, is that it's gross when it's cheap humor. Yeah. But I mean, in, in the actuality, you know, it's like... Ugh. Goodness, babies aren't shameful mm-hmm. of it. Animals yeah. aren't shameful of it. Like it's it's gonna happen, <laughs> and that's why being a human is beautiful. Like we have all these crazy things that we that just biologically happen, and we all get to experience yeah. them together. <laughs> it's yeah. almost like the culture of this movie. The culture on this island is 
if you don't fart in front of me, you're not my friend. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I might... But that's because Hank can't... Can, Hank can control it and Manny can't. Yeah, yeah. So it's really not fair mm-hmm. of just like, this isn't... F- I'm the one dealing with this and it's yeah. not fair that you don't because you've, yeah. you've learned how to control that. Yeah. That seems unfair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those kind of things also just made me think about what it's like when you get closer to people. The closer you get to someone, the more okay you are with knowing all the bad things about them. And I'm gonna lump in like farting and pooping in that, even though those aren't bad things. But really it's but... more the emotional trauma. Yeah, <laughs> like, you know, him finding out the kind of guy that Hank is in this yeah. by the end. And you find out more and more things and if you still like the person, like that's what creates a real relationship is being able to accept all the things about the person that normal like other people that you meet on the streets that maybe even like in this movie that your dad doesn't even accept but you'll find the people who will you know yeah you will it's just such a beautiful movie (laughs) it really is um it's so so i'm just living for your appreciation (laughs) i mean because we were both so excited to watch it because we knew you would love it because how can you not love this movie it Mm -hmm. if you don't love it you watched it wrong watch it again (laughs) yeah and i think this kind of discussion will make you appreciate it. Also, this is getting a little bit, you know, elite philosophical here, but (laughs) we're all going to regress at some point, you know, back to not being, you know, maybe being incontinent or... Mm -hmm. um, We're going to Benjamin Button it. Yeah, or forgetting stuff. And, like, you guys know that whole um, Shakespeare monologue about you know, the the stages of life and all the world's a stage. And oh, yeah. Sans teeth, sans everything. Yeah. Of that. You're yeah. going to be a baby, like, mewling and puking, and then you're going to eventually, you know, be cyclical in that and end up doing the same thing in your old age. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, why should you poo-poo, you know, some of that, no pun intended. Right. <laughs> uh, some of that stuff when it's inevitable. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ugh, because that's one of those things that just devastated me about Still Alice is that yeah. this was a this was a genius woman who was a professor at Columbia who knew what her body was going through and she developed Alzheimer's and just that scene of her when she can't find the bathroom yeah. and she's wandering around her house and it she's having one of her episodes and she can't find the bathroom and it's like yeah. that hits some sooner than others but like I was gonna when say the fact that your cycle it, came that quick. When it comes down to it, yeah, that's just... Mm-hmm. And this movie just, again, talks so much about mortality and so much about yeah. what, how, how little time we have on this earth to really to make it count. And, mm-hmm. yeah. I also just really commend Daniel Radcliffe for his American accent. Oh, yeah. I was really sold on it. So this was this was just really fun for me to watch him in in general. But that I was... I, I thought about it later because I was so convinced I kind of forgot. Oh, another thing with the parenting parallels is that Hank is such a weak guy when we meet him, and because he has Manny, he's forced to be a stronger-willed person because Mm -hmm. he has to teach this other person a kind of the person he wants to be. He's like, Manny, these are all the ways that you, you know, do this thing and do this thing, and because he's taking care of this other person and showing him all these things... He's naturally becoming more courageous and more kind mm. and more outgoing. And it's also sad if you think about him, like, giving him over to the woman he loves of, like, maybe yeah. Manny will do it better. Yeah. Maybe this 
dummy. That, yeah. I mean, dummy is like a physical dummy. Like he's just yeah. a body. Maybe this dummy will be able to woo her in the way I never could. Yeah. It's just yeah. so sad. I never yeah. thought about it that way that he's trying to mold him into the person he wishes he could be. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'd have to watch it again to see if that's really true. But I like he, that. He is teaching him in a way of. He's not teaching him, like, this is what I do. He's teaching him of, this is what society expects of you. This is what you need to be like. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This is partially with the relationship stuff. There was this line where he was like, the more that you see of me, the less you're going to like me. And I'm like, that's, like, those are the kind of relationships you need where the more that you see of them, you still like them. Mm -hmm. I think that's what, gosh, every relationship should kind of be built upon that. I don't think you need to do everything together with somebody, but the more you reveal yourself to somebody, the more they should like you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And and then I was realizing that that was a connection back to the magazine because he tells Manny, the longer you look at that, the less it's going to turn you on. And I was just like, this oh. movie is so symbolic. Yeah. <laughs> Not only is he saying that about the magazine, but he's also just saying it about humans in general. Mm-hmm. Like everything has diminishing return. I, at this point in the movie, I said, this movie is a 10 for me, for sure. <laughs> and, <Hey. laughs> and then I, I think I paused it to go to the bathroom or something, and I realized it's only an hour and 37 minutes. And this, there's so much meat on this movie yeah. mm-hmm. for it to be so short. Which is weird with, like, my, again, with my, um, my rating in terms of rewatchability, because it, it feels longer than yeah. that. It's, but, like, not in a bad way. It not No, I don't think it's tedious yeah. in, in the slightest, but it's... It is the hour and a halfness of it. Yeah. Somehow it just feels. Maybe if the more I watch it, it'll go faster. But mm-hmm. for me, it felt slow at times in a great way. Like I wasn't upset with it. It yeah. just the rewatchability of it. I was like, I don't know if I can go on this journey constantly for me to rate it a ten. And and I think that that journey it does. I think I was talking to Christian about it, and I told him how much I liked it. But I said, you know, I would really want to kind of give it some breathing room before I watch it again because I like to kind of... Movies like this, I think, with so much stuff in it, Mm -hmm. I want to try to forget about it before I watch it again so that I still get surprised by things. Or I want to show it to someone else so I can have the enjoyment of watching them watch it. Right. But those are probably the only... I would need to wait a while or watch it with somebody else, I think. I also just felt like this needed to be talked about. (laughs) maybe that underwater kiss wasn't romantic maybe it was just him it was pretty gay (laughs) it was pretty gay thank you I was really not thinking it was gonna feel that gay but like it's gay and I, I think that at the heart of it it was I think we're gonna die and I want to express everything that I'm feeling about how much I care about you and how much you've impacted me so I don't think that it was. I don't think that they are in love in that way. But I, but he did grab his face for the purpose of expressing like a passion. And, and, and I was human, like, holy shit! The human connection. Yeah. I mean, I think I think for sure Manny has very little concept of sexuality, and Hank yeah. may at this point be very bi because yeah. we do know that he loves Sarah. But I think he loves Manny, and so I don't think that we need to like be like it's it's super gay. But right, right. but for me, it's super gay. <laughs> and I'm just, happy for them. I felt it was a lot more open to interpretation in that moment when I was watching it. I was yeah. like, 
that was a really passionate kiss. Yeah, like sweet. And, and they, that part made me emotional too because there was a big montage of their friendship right before they kiss, and I was mm-hmm. like, they, and they that song so is so. Together. It goes from the the beautiful popcorn song of their yeah. montage of the lines with now we're falling in love and we're Ugh. building a fire, and then in that that song, the only other one that's got like really strong lyrics that you can hear because it's not fun, joyous, riffing and loud music. It mm-hmm. is that is a beautiful indie song of yeah. just these are this is soft melodic music and clear lyrics that are those oh, stunning. Those songs were beautiful. They really are. Uh, I also wrote because this is what shoots them out of the water is the the farting because he took the cork out of his butt. And it's been in there the whole movie. And I, f- I feel very weird for not remembering a cork. I remember I, him yeah. pulling down pants. The cute, the cork comes out. I don't remember seeing a cork. I remember yeah. the pants being pulled down. Yeah. So it was like the pants had been huh. the trapper. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, yeah. the cork definitely comes out. Um, and then I just thought that seems like... The, I mean, I know he did it to survive, but at the same time, that is, seems symbolic of him finally accepting him for who he is. He's mm-hmm. like, you're allowed to fart now. This is who you are, and I still love maybe you. maybe it'll save our lives. <laughs> yeah. But then he leaves it out, so... Yeah. Yeah. So now, basically, I've said all the meaty things about the movie. Yeah. Uh, but I did want to just make a couple little comments on the ending. When they're on the beach, and it's that end scene with, with everybody there looking at Hank like he's crazy, and he farts... Several of the people on the beach make faces like, oh, how dare you? And he's like a good... He's way too far away for them to be smelling the fart is what I'm saying. I think they're just <laughs> flabbergasted by a man farting. No. I don't think they're smelling the fart. I think it's like, dude, yeah. you're on my lawn with a dead body I, and now you're <laughs> farting. <laughs> I legit though, I, I'm pretty sure Mary Elizabeth Winstead like... Does like a P.U. like motion with her arm because I was like I turned to Dakota and I was like okay dramatic ass bitch. I think she was being dramatic, but also maybe just in general his body smells. <laughs> maybe that's done. You can smell from yeah. afar. And I just man, the end did make me really emotional. I think mostly because the dad was smiling at the mm. end, and I'm like. I don't know why this sparked that for him, but just the fact that finally Hank is being honest with himself and with everybody else and his dad is accepting of it and then Manny gets to go be free or fake or wherever he goes. Like, it's just, it was so sweet. And I think just like the end, that whole thing of of them running through the woods, Hank dragging him and saying they're going to see, they're going to see what I've Mm -hmm. built and all that, I think really... It's not a sad ending of of Manny going away because in the end, everyone is seen for what they are. Yeah. I mean, our one character. Um, And that just, that is what, that is what the movie is saying. It's, it's show your ugly side, show what it is because you need help. Yeah. You need help. You need connection. You need other people and you need to show that side to yourself. Gosh, the worst people in the world are the fake people in the world who just run around Acting as if everything's okay all the time, or, or like, they're you know, perfect. Or they're perfect. Or they're perfect. And we're also living in this horrible Instagram age of, of you only post your highlights, why yeah. would you post anything else? And so, I think... People's perception of everyone else is so skewed. And especially yeah. for someone like Hank, who maybe doesn't post on Instagram, he just looks. Yeah. And it probably looks 
devastating. If mm-hmm. everyone else is having a much better time than me, yeah. why would I bother posting anything? Because I'm living my worst life yeah. right now. And it's just... I think the whole message of the movie is really just please show yourself to others. Yeah. Please yeah. fart in front of your friends because it's going to bring you closer. Yeah. <laughs> like they say in Endgame, sometimes you need to be the person that you are, not who you're supposed to be. That's a beautiful, beautiful sentiment uh-huh. of... You can't go through life comparing yourself to what you imagine yourself to be or yeah. what you should live up to be based upon what others say or what you want to be. Or comparing yourself to what you think other people's lives are like. Or, gosh, please don't do that. I yeah. don't need to share my life 24-7. Yeah. Like, here's one photo of me from the Endgame premiere. <laughs> Especially now that we have our, we explain movies, social media, I pretty much don't touch my personal ones at all. You know what? That's hysterical because <laughs> neither do I. <laughs> like, my priorities have shifted. Which is... Fine. Yeah, I like more pretty- than fine. Follow yeah. we explain movies at Instagram and Twitter. <laughs> was that the end of years though? No, that was okay. the end. Moving on to Shazam. Moving on to Shazam because that was the next movie explained and the movie I watched for this wrap up episode after Kimmy and Kayleen explained it to me. And my notes are about ten words. <laughs> um, it's much smaller than Kayleen's. What I will say about it is. Um, I enjoyed it for seeing it on, like, I think a Thursday <laughs> afternoon. With was it a Baron Theater? It was not a Baron Theater, okay. weirdly. Um, and it was good. It, it definitely fell into that category somehow, though, of which I think we're going to talk about pretty soon with our next one, of the explanation kind of is better. Mm. I had a much more fun time hearing you two explain it to me than I did seeing it, probably because with your explanation, I developed my own picture of it. Mm. And with that, um, there were just some funny one-liners that you guys shared with me that I thought were funnier delivered (laughs) your way. The number one example is, uh, I think that the way that you guys were explaining it, I didn't get that we were still in the montage where um, Shazam goes to a strip club and then I heard, you know, Kayleen was like, but there's this cute moment where Freddie's like, did you see boobies? And I thought that was the funniest thing. I thought that was the best part of the movie, probably. Oh but instead, when I watched it, it was literally establishing shot of a strip club, Shazam walking out and going, wow. And Freddie going, oh, wow. Oh, were there, were there boobies? Did you see boobies? Or, some, or he just says, like, did you see boobs? And I was like, that's not how you're supposed to say it. Kayleen said it way funnier. Um... So that was kind of difficult um, to, to kind of, I, I got to say, I laughed at zero parts. Mm. There was zero like, parts. I did not laugh the entire yeah. movie except for one part that you guys didn't even comment on and that was not probably even meant to be funny, <laughs> but it was uh, Savannah right before he's about to kill everyone at his building he is in the elevator, and he's got his new face scar, his sunglasses, and a hysterical fur coat. And he's riding in an elevator. And the audience was dead that I went and saw it, but I still went, ha ha! <laughs> I thought it was so funny. I was like, what are you wearing? I literally don't remember that part. Yep, and he's just in an elevator, and it was clearly meant to look cool. I mm. don't think it was meant to be funny, but I was like, you've got to be kidding me right now. Like, this guy wearing a fur coat... He's riding an elevator. Does he look like a villain? I was going to say, this is a bad guy. Yeah. And that's one of my notes is Savannah's entrance. That was what I thought was really funny. Um, 
my big thing with this, why did this movie not come out at Christmas? It is literally Christmas themed. Yeah. It was so bizarre seeing it in May and having Santa be there. Yeah. I was like, this makes no sense. I feel very weird. And we were like, what did DC end up putting out? Aquaman? That's weird. I think that it did not mean to put out Aquaman, but it kind of had to because of Spider-Verse. Hmm. I'm wondering if, like, Into the Spider-Verse, when that decided it was going to take the holiday slot, if it was like, maybe we shouldn't put out Shazam because people are going to go see oh, Into the Spider-Verse. Just, and just because that's what families are going to take their kids to see. It's this great new style of animation with wonderful representation and a new take on Spider-Man, so I think people might pass on this other kid superhero. I see. As I was watching it, I was like, this has family holiday movie written all over yeah, it. Yeah. It is a hugely family-based movie. Uh, when we talked about, like, you guys were saying, the like... sand theme. <laughs> right? You guys were saying uh, when he turns himself back into Billy for the first time by saying Shazam, and you were like... The dad's working on, like, a TV or something. It's he's, a Christmas tree. He's actually working on a Christmas tree. And I oh, was yeah. like, this movie is so christmas I, I think we forgot it was a Christmas tree because we didn't watch it at Christmas. Right? And I, I just hate that. I hate watching Christmas movies not at Christmas time. Mm-hmm. I don't even want to hear a Christmas song <laughs> until December 1st. Like, mm-hmm. when I go to Target in on October 30th and like the Halloween stuff is gone and they're like Christmas I'm like please leave me alone (laughs) it's just so anyways I think this movie would have done much better around the holidays yeah I think that I mean I'm I don't know I'm not a DC executive I think they got scared and went we're not gonna make any money compared to Spider-Verse we need to save this I mean fair Spider-Verse was a 10 Spider-Verse was amazing Spider-Verse it is phenomenal and it is exactly what the superhero genre needed Mm -hmm. the family superhero genre which it was kind of pioneering because most most superhero movies are like yes children will see it but and yes families will go see it but this was all about family which is what Shazam was as well. However, Shazam kind of just fuck, did not hit the mark given that it was no longer Christmas or winter time. Mm-hmm. Um, however, the, the stuff they did about family was great. I enjoyed that a lot. Right? Because yeah. I know you asked about that. You said, do you think this will be encouraging to foster kids or adopted yes. kids? And I said, yeah, I think so. I think so too. And um, but, but still, the family aspect of it was beautiful. It was really, really sweet. Um... Thought all the kids were were so 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 kind and sweet together. Yeah. I have very few other things to say about it except I did like it. I just thought that uh, it came out at the wrong time, and my biggest thing is that it did not know what it was mm. because it, it it's so funny how DC is all about we're dark, right. we're the scary comic yeah. book universe, like. You can't make anything happy. Batman was the most brooding, psychopathic stuff ever. It was haunting and terrifying. Then we get Superman. He's upset all the time. Then he's dead. Then Lois Lane is grieving him in his childhood bedroom. (laughs) Justice League. Justice League tries to do comedy, but, like, fails miserably. That's exactly DC's problem. Because we have Batman versus Superman, where it's just them screaming in your face for hours. And then uh, Justice League tried to make it funny. Then Aquaman tried to make it funny. <laughs> then Shazam tried to make it Marvel-level funny. Yeah. Of, 
I'm the quippy superhero. Mm-hmm. I'm the stupid superhero as well. I'm the family-oriented superhero. They just try to tag I, all the bases. I'm curious how this lands with kids. So I don't know what kid <laughs> humor is like nowadays. And I wondered, because we, we talked about this a little bit mostly off the air of you guys saying, like, it felt like it was too much for kids. The Dora the Explorer trailer played yeah. before it. Not yep. <laughs> not the Joker trailer. Yeah. However, I was watching it, and you're right. That death of the assistant was horrific. Right. I know. <laughs> <laughs> what was even more horrific was the slaughtering of everyone in the conference room. Yeah. Yeah. He picks up a... A guy and throws him out of a building. Yeah. And not in like a comical, like, there he goes. It was horrific. He picks him up out of nowhere and chucks him through the glass window. Yep. People are screaming for their lives and he's locked them in there. And Mm -hmm. they're no name people, so it's just kind of like a mess. I know none of them deserve this. Like, ugh. Ew. Yeah. And the other thing is they just they there was a lot of adult humor. And mm-hmm. swearing. The, there was only one or two swear words. No, they said shit a lot. Interesting. No, because after the first one, I was like, oh, oh, okay. I knew for sure there were one or two shits, because I remember thinking that. There I was desensitized to cussing to shit. <laughs> See, I'm not, because I'm like, oh, God, what if I, like, suggested this to a child? Mm. Um, so there was definitely three, and there might have been more, where I was just kind of like, especially him saying it during, like, the climaxes, or during, like, the... The funny ones that Shazam is saying, I was just kind of like, who are you really trying to sell this movie to? Because you're saying it in the fun way of a kid being like, oh, he said the S word. But like, it's for adults then at that point. And it just became very, very weird. Um, Especially the strip club joke. Mm -hmm. Especially just the the violence against Freddy was way too much for it to be believable for a kid's movie. Like, they fall When they hit him with the car! Yeah. It was way worse than I pictured when you guys described it. You were like, they lightly tapped. I was like, that was a full-on hit. (laughs) I mean, like, yeah, I guess it was in between what I think you originally pictured and what we tried to calm it down to. It was in between those, but I was like, yikes, you hit a a child with a disability with And then you're like, are you going to pay for that? And it's like, who is this movie for? Yeah. Yeah. I don't understand. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think I need to talk too gripey about it, though. To say stuff I really loved about it, the slow motion shots were dope. Example. Example from the very beginning, when Savannah has already gone to the temple, um, and then they're in the car accident, Mm -hmm. there was a sick shot of him upside down in the car with the glass all around him oh, cool. and I was like that is so comic booky yeah I can picture the panel perfectly which yeah. is awesome I thought mm-hmm. that was really cool and then once all of the kids had superpowers there were some really cool shots as mm-hmm. well in slow motion especially because all of them have super speed yeah so there would be these fast shots and then the slow motion which, like, when Kimmy showed me X-Men watching Quicksilver do stuff that was really fun I did like that a lot yeah and, and they looked beautiful because yeah. they focused enough on it being comic booky and on any time the actors were in slow motion, the scene was slow-mo, but the actor themselves was present. Yeah. Which is, like, my, my big problem with Charlie's Angels is that uh-huh. they, they do slow-mo, like, far too much, mm-hmm. and it's always the actors are also in slow-mo. And yeah, so it's just kind of boring, because I'm like, no, I kind of like being in on it of like, no, I'm faster than That's everything. That's why everything looks slow. That's why yeah. everything looks slow. 
I really loved Freddie's t-shirts. Oh. Because Freddie is just a pop culture geek, and so he's wearing um, a shirt that says Atlantis Lifeguard. It's got the tridents from Aquaman on it. Mm. So it's just kind of cute that in this world... People are famous enough for them to make shirts. Yeah, because, yeah. like, you don't really see that in the Marvel world of people wearing Iron Man shirts, but they totally would. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he's got that one on. He's got a Superman one on. He, he's, like, running through all the DC superheroes. Yeah. And then what's really cute is in the final scene when he meets Superman. Yeah. He's wearing a Wonder Woman one. Oh. And just the fact that, like, a young boy is wearing Wonder That's Woman. Cute. I was like, yes! Wear that Wonder Woman shirt proudly for the the final scene of the movie. And so I I did enjoy seeing the movie. I felt like I didn't know who it was for because it didn't feel like it was for me an adult. And it did not feel like it was for kids because it was way too violent. Mm -hmm. And just too much swearing for, I think, a kid to... For a parent to take their kid to it. Because parents are so sensitive about that, I know. That they would be like, you can't see that when it's got swear words. It just, you know, it's it was violent. It was really violent. Yeah. Um, my last thing, which is funny, is when you were explaining it and you said there was really cute drawings during the end credits uh-huh. that were like Freddy's notebook. And yeah. I said, oh, like Spider-Man Homecoming? They used a Ramones song, like in Spider-Man Homecoming. Oh, really? <laughs> Spider-Man Homecoming, it was the Blitzkrieg bop with all of Peter's drawings. And then in this one, they did the exact same thing. Of using a Ramon song and a bunch of drawings. Oh, oh, oh. And oh. I was like, you didn't even try with those credits. I just thought it was funny. That is funny. I was like, oh. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have noticed you that. You saw that, that work seem... for Spider-Man, so right. you did it too. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was really funny. I was like, that's that's too far. <laughs> to pick the same band yeah, over yeah. your credits. It's like, there are other bands who are like, but that vibe just really worked for them. Yeah, those are my thoughts on Shazam. Cool. Mm-hmm. You know what's interesting, though? Spider-Man Homecoming can be for adults and for kids. (laughs) Like, I just think that's weird that DC can't get the formula right. DC Mm. can't get the formula right for a lot of things. They can't get the adult formula right. Maybe they will this time around with Joker. They did with The Dark Knight. Yeah. Well, it seems like they're going into a new vibe now with, like, the Batman... Maybe detective with maybe with this new Batman Joker. But definitely for the for the Justice League era, they still were too brooding and they didn't know how to make jokes. I think they were trying to be Marvel, and I'm hoping now they're trying to be themselves. Yeah, yeah. I just hope with this new Joker movie that it's gonna it's a standalone. Like I don't think they intend on bringing Joaquin Phoenix back for another movie or like a sequel or anything like that. Like it's its own film. Yeah. So it's not like they have to establish anything and like mm-hmm. build up characters for you to like like and, and identify with. It's just like an origin Joker story. Wouldn't it be kind of nice if they just took a little while to forget about extended universes and just focus on one guy's journey? So we can like have this, Wonder Woman. Like we we <laughs> yes, can <please. laughs> have, we can have this Joker movie. And we can have the new Batman, and he can have some new villains. But how about after that, we don't see any of those villains again. We just meet new villains and keep our Batman. Mm-hmm. You know Maybe. what I mean? Maybe. Or just, uh, yeah, because I mean, I think Wonder Woman 1984 is going to be amazing. But like, she's still mobbing with everyone else. Like, she's still part of the extended universe. Yeah, it's true, but, she, I, I, but I don't original. want to see Gal Gadot go away. No, I like No, her. I don't either. I'm yeah. just saying, like, I don't think... She can't, like, start that because mm. she's already part of something. I get it, yeah. It's just because yeah. at this point, the Marvel Universe, they did it first and they did it better. Mm-hmm. And 
I would say every one of those movies is for kids because the swearing is so so small. Like yeah, there's yeah. maybe one s word, a lot of ass and bitch and damn, and that's yeah. it. But uh, th- yeah, they've never had an f word. Yeah. And this one, I just was like, there's all these children cussing, and I yeah, was like, yeah. and mm-hmm. there's the villain cussing and then turning people into ash. I was <laughs> like, this is a lot yeah. to take in. Um, and there's a lot of fighting in the Marvel universe, of course, but not really much blood. Oh no, seeing Hawkeye, seeing Hawkeye like stab somebody like through the chest and you don't even see it, it's off screen, you see him like nailing down a sword and that's it. Yeah. That was probably like one of the most like, that was the most graphic, graphic things that I thought that the Marvel Universe had done, I was like, ooh, like this. Yeah. Alrighty. Yeah. You know? But there's like not even any blood. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Same with chopping off a head. Yeah. Like you see the swing and you don't see the head going. I don't anywhere. think he'd know. <laughs> no, everything's cauterized. It's a lightsaber. Yeah. I mean, honestly, fair. Yeah, I'm gonna cut this or maybe bleep it, but it definitely got all over Nebula's face. The that's blood. Oh, that's <laughs> right. but, Poor like, girl. But the bottom of his head was cauterized. Not, yeah, it was yeah. not bleeding. Yeah. That's yeah. why I like Lord of the Rings fight so much, is that there's so much battle but not much blood. Mm. I don't think you need mass amounts of blood. No, I get the picture. I get it. Mm. Like when, ugh, gosh, what were we talking about where you guys didn't tell me? I think it might have been Kimmy. Yeah, Mary Queen of Scots. Yep. So the much gory, blood gory, oh, yeah. when yeah. that guy died. I was like, thanks. <laughs> he soaked to the floor. And his shirt was like sticking. It was stuck. And I was like, I did not need that. Yeah. I get it. He died. Eleven people stabbed him to death. I don't want to see it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm gl- very glad I saw Shazam, because cool. your guys' explanation was way more fun than the movie, mm-hmm. but it's it's always fun to see movies in this sort of style. I just feel like they had no idea who it was made for, mm-hmm. no idea when to release it, and no idea where they're going either. Yeah. Their, their direction with this universe, <laughs> I don't know what you're trying to do. Give it your best shot, right. but I might not see things in the future. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'll definitely see Wonder Woman. I'll see this Joker. I'm for sure seeing Birds of Prey. Oh, yeah. And I'll see the Robert Pattinson Batman. But, like, as soon as you throw in anything else, it's going to take a lot for me to go see something with Cyborg or Pretty Flash. much anyone that was associated with Justice League, I'm kind of like... Which is like, a bummer, because Esmeralda... Esmeralda... Because Esmeralda... Oh, my gosh. Because Ezra Miller is yeah, so yeah. good. Yeah. I know. I was. You took the words right out of my mouth. Yeah. I mean, it took me a very long time to get them out. <laughs> Esma Miller. Erzma Merler. Yeah. Now, She's it's so good. technically Kimmy's turn, but kind of all of our turn to yeah. talk about Drop Dead Gorgeous. Yeah, you and me together, Kathleen. Yeah. We watched Drop Dead Gorgeous in the presence of Courtney. Yeah. yeah. Would you like to actually us. start this conversation? I mean, I've, sh- I've as I said in this, I think we might have even edited it out of the podcast, I've shown this movie to a lot of friends. Which is hard to do, because I know I hype it up to everyone, and I know when I watch it, I didn't laugh out loud, because I was listening for your laughs, um, and you didn't, which made me mad. <laughs> and I, when it was over, I was like, okay, guess you hated it, and turned it off. And she like, said that like six times around the movie. <laughs> yeah, but I guess that you guys were taking it in, but the only reason I said it so much, Kayleen, is because during that time I had been editing it, mm-hmm. and while editing it, Kimmy was like, this! Sounds like the greatest movie ever. <laughs> I know. And like Kimmy's normally 
really mean and harsh to me when <laughs> when recording the podcast. Kimmy is the quickest to be like, oh, really, Courtney? I bet it sucks. <laughs> so, this movie sounds like hot garbage. <laughs> and meanwhile, I have to get defensive. And so her being so jazzed over it and excited and... <laughs> Maybe it's because she felt intimidated by my much cooler older sister. That's <laughs> not true. No, your guys' explanation was really funny. And and I did just listen to the podcast again, and I did hear myself going, I love it. Oh, my God. <laughs> and I then, meanwhile, it. dead silence when I watched it. <laughs> it was. And I'm not particularly... I always think of myself like this. I always think of myself as someone who doesn't particularly laugh out loud, but I do. You do. So, um... I do more than Yeah, you. that's yeah. true. I... <laughs> I'm scared to start talking. I, I'm not going to be mad. You guys, I already watched You Hate It in front of my face. <laughs> okay, all right. Well, let me, start with, let me start with what I liked about the film. Yeah. Kirsten Dunst is adorable. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. She's adorable... Also, Alice and Jenny can, like, be my mom. Like, She's everyone's mom. She's mm-hmm. great. She's great. Um, I also loved Brittany Murphy. And my, my favorite part of the film was Amy Adams. Yeah. <laughs> She's really? also adorable. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I loved her. We actually had this conversation that I just thought was fun about how, especially back in the day, when they portrayed, quote, sluts in movies... Yeah, we're saying it in a non-slut-shaming way. We're saying yeah. it as like the... That's the... The loose the trope, girl. The trope. The loose of, girl yeah. trope. Yeah. So when they are portraying the, quote, slut in a movie, especially back in the day, it was very... Either you get the really cute Amy Adams one that's innocent but not being taken advantage of. She's just like, I just like to have fun and I'm nice to everyone and I have a good time. Yeah. And then you have the bitchy ones who are just, you know, mean and then they also like fuck around. And so it was just, I, I don't know, we had this whole conversation about how it's really cute to get to see somebody who's, you know, seen as dumb and, and slutty, but then you're like, oh, I love her so much. Yeah, yeah, she's so... And she's so kind. She's so pure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also really confident in her sexuality. Exactly. Yeah. It's just that she's there to have a fun time versus, you know, like like a, a, a mean girl who, who all the boys like is yeah. the other trope of it. Like, yeah. you know, like... From Bring It On, there's girls like that, yeah, or just yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. any other '90s movie where it's it's one or the other. You're either the it's that just horrible dichotomy and that right? paradox of like which one are you? Are you the slutty virgin? Right. <laughs> <laughs> or yeah. Um, my favorite part of the movie, and you guys will remember because it was, I think it was the only time that I laughed out loud, <laughs> was when the dog girl was. Showing all the different oh kinds God. of barks. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, this one, the most majestic, is the Jewish And shepherd. the greatest bark of all. <laughs> she's like, but none can compare. <laughs> and it's like a quick cut from like her like growling so loud. And I was just like, ha ha ha. That was, that was good shit. Oh, I, I super identify with the goth drama chick. Like I was like. Michelle? Yeah. I was like, <laughs> Me. It's me. <laughs> this is one of those dead to me moments where we're like, that's not you. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're definitely more of a yeah, dog girl. I'm just kidding. <laughs> dog girl and dog girl. I was gonna say something about just how I, how fun it is to talk about maybe that it's it's more fun to hear your friends explain it or to mm-hmm. hear their passion about something and to get on their side. 
because uh, I was able to like rally you both up of like get this and it's very yeah. funny and also I was talking to my sister about it after I said I showed it to you guys mm-hmm. and my mom and both of them were like it gets funnier the more you watch it because mm-hmm. you pick up on more things every time you watch it and that's hugely true is I pointed out things to you guys that you probably still didn't even notice when you watched it or or maybe that was your focus but there were other things going on at the same time like I liked that you pointed out the stuff going on with Brittany Murphy in the background of that one scene can you expand on that because that was funny when they're all they're all um practicing that they're they're learning how to dance from this dance instructor and one person is in the close-up shot, the dance teacher, and she's telling them, like, oh, I think this person's gonna win. And I was like, pay attention to Brittany Murphy. And in the background, you see Brittany Murphy spin so fast. She whips herself across the stage. And you see it, and it's funny for a second, and then she's still spinning off camera, and she runs into everybody. And she yeah. bumps into the whole camera crew, and it's then she topples them over. And she's like, oh, God. Oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, it really you cute. wouldn't have seen, you would have heard her say, oh, no. Yeah, yeah. But you wouldn't have seen this fun spin of her flinging across yeah. the stage, which yeah. is really fun. I wanted to bring this up as you guys were explaining it because I got that vibe mm-hmm. and I think uh, of what I'm about to say. And in watching it, I was like totally, and it just kind of solidifies it with that whole the more you watch it, the more mm-hmm. quotable and funny it is. Yeah. I totally felt like it was along the same lane as Napoleon Dynamite. Oh. Yeah. You know, where everything's pretty dry. It's not like, you know, face value funny. Mm-hmm. But it's like a sink-in kind of funny. And especially with Napoleon Dynamite, like, everyone probably has a different favorite line from that one. Yeah. There were so many that got put on t-shirts, but there were also so many that just kind of flew under the radar. And really, every line of that movie is hysterical. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. every and line. I, I didn't like Napoleon Dynamite upon my first watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was comparing this to that movie American Dreams that Jillian and I love. And I was saying to Courtney... You know, I feel like Courtney would like it more than Kimmy would like it because I think Courtney is more open to be like, this is shit, like, but also ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And just the fact that we were both, I don't know, not vocal laughter, laughter at uh, Drop Dead Gorgeous. But American Dreams, I was saying, like, if I do show it to you ever, you know, the first time I watched this, I think I was in eighth grade, maybe a freshman in high school. And then I showed it to Jillian a couple years after that. And, you know, we watched it together and we gathered these inside jokes about it. And so I think if I watched it today, even though I don't think I would... I, I, I know it I don't think it would hold up, but I would still find it yeah. funny because of the memories mm-hmm. and how funny it was to me at a time. Mm-hmm. And so I think that if, you know, if Courtney and I were friends as kids and I had been your friend when you discovered this movie, I bet I would have grown up loving it just as much as you. Yeah, or just I think if you watched it again, you would pick up more things. Maybe. And it's it's just a, it's a hysterical movie for its one-liners and for the setting. The setting is so absurd. Yeah. Every character is so over the top that it's just enjoyable in that regard. Mm-hmm. Um and I, I actually didn't expect you guys to like it. <laughs> I, I really didn't because Kimmy is so hard to please. <laughs> she, she's unbelievably hard to please, especially when it comes to comedies. You guys get mad she when never I like laughs stuff. at anything. Like, How do you like that? And I'm like, I just do. <laughs> it's like, because we want you to like things, 
near and dear to us, and then I'll be like personally yeah. attacked if you like something I sorry, didn't love. I'm sorry, I'm so hard to please. I'm sorry. I think mostly just with comedy. With mostly comedy, just yeah. comedy. And, and Kayleen is easier to please, but I know this is a weird movie. Like it's mm-hmm. it's a weird comedy. It's, and I think this maybe fell in a weird middle for me, where I was like, it's not a. LOL comedy for me, and it also wasn't something that I really felt the need or want to shit on. And a lot of times, I like bad movies because they're fun to talk over and make fun of. And I'd like, I like, I wanted to, I wanted to like you know. respect your movie. Yeah, you know. Yes. Plus, I think there's very little to actually make fun of because the mm-hmm. movie does that for itself. Yeah. Right. There's, yes. there's very little That's to pause and, and laugh at because because yeah. they know what they're doing. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just think it's a it's a taste of humor and. Yeah. Uh, as my sister said, if you don't have it, I can't be friends with you. <laughs> but as, Sorry, so as, this, is our, this is our last episode because we're breaking up. No, and you know, because I, I'll, she also said it when I told her that. She was like, I think you need to see it more. Mm-hmm. And also, she was scared that we like spoiled a lot of the fun of it because we did point out the jokes. Mm-hmm. Um, or the plot because you knew it was coming. And it, it uh, so much takes you by surprise. Becky dancing on the stage. That is a huge surprise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but we couldn't leave it out. We had to tell you it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> For sure. I guess in conclusion, I thought that overall it was pretty endearing. Um, my main gripe is that I'm just not one. And I really don't have that many gripes about the movie on the whole, like, really specifically. Yeah. So I'm not, like, going to shit on it or anything like that. But I'm not really one for some of the crude humor and in, in slap comedy. And there was a bit of that. Yeah. Like the throwing up and stuff. I'm, <laughs> I really don't like the throwing up yeah, yeah. and like stuff like that. But that's all. Yeah. Oh, just that I did. Yeah, I think most importantly, I did end up caring for the characters. Yeah. You know, I wanted, I wanted Amber to be happy. Mm-hmm. She's she endearing. Was. She's yeah. really adorable, and so mm-hmm. is Amy. And, so and I want Becky to go down. Uh, yeah, but I'm not. I'm not person of flames, but yeah, you know, yeah. go down. I just I have to respect that movie for being as unique as it is, yeah. and for for um, it doesn't really have any like major downfalls. It's it's not coasting really. under the radar. Mm-hmm. Nobody knows about it, but it did what it set out to do, and I'm I'm proud of that screenwriter who's done nothing else with her life. Yeah, <laughs> that's fun. She has her. no other movies. Um, it it got my favorite actress where she is today. Yeah, it, really it prompted cool. her to come out here. Um, I think it's a hugely underrated Kirsten Dunst movie. Um, so if like you're a big fan of hers, I hope you've seen this by now. Yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm very glad you guys watched it. Yeah. I didn't expect you to be howling with laughter and want to watch it again, <laughs> just because you're not those people. <laughs> <laughs> and now we've seen this glimpse into your life. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think that concludes all of our wrap up discussion. It does indeed. Ooh. So we'll just tease next week, which I'm pretty excited about. This. <laughs> I don't know how much actual plot there's gonna be, but I'm. So excited! For I the think ride. there's gonna be a lot of twists and turns. I hope so. What yeah, we're it? we're kicking off round three. We <laughs> are gonna go watch Dennis Quaid be a creep in The Intruder. Oh, that's right. In theaters now. <laughs> now it's already out. In theaters? Oh, did it come out Friday or did it come it out a came while out ago? Like two weeks ago. Oh yikes! <laughs> I honestly haven't even seen any trailers for that. It's been. In the we top. have. Yeah, we keep seeing it. I don't and know. And the why. trailer is very weird. I feel like it's like peaceful Hawaiian music <laughs> but it's like happy music and then Dennis Quaid is like I love this house 
this is my wife's house, and this, like, young couple that's just moved in, he's like, let me mow your lawn, and they're like, no, that's okay, thanks, and then the whole point is that he sold this house to them, and he won't let it go. It's still his house, even though he sold it. Which, no, dude, you yeah. sold me the house, yeah. this is my wow. house now, so and he's the intruder. Yeah, and anything, I've not seen anything He's about obsessed with the house, maybe he wants the wife for himself, is kind of what like the the man yeah. is probably thinking and the wife's like he's just a lonely old man <laughs> basically basically the world wants me to be scared of Dennis Quaid and I just won't be he's he's Christian movies is number one actor yeah um and dog also, movies and parent trap and yeah. what movies dog movies yeah I can't wait Alright. So we're excited. So tune in next week uh where we will be explaining the intruder to Kimmy who Yeah. We might have already done it just then. <laughs> that, might be, that might be the whole movie. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs>